You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Hi, and welcome to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community. Again, I am Ben Wolf, your faithful host. Um, I'm hoping to, that I, I know what we could learn today from our guest is how to make your organization great rather than just big. Uh, and there's a, a lot that I think go, goes into that, trying to summarize what I hope we're going to get through today. Um, and as always, in the meantime, please make sure to uh, uh, subscribe to this show if you get value from it, leave a review, um, you know, share it, whatever. All, all that stuff makes, makes the value that we share here, hopefully if it's valuable to you, um, more accessible to more people. Um, and with that, I want to get into the introduction for today's guest. Uh, so he is the president and co-owner of Image One, a document management solutions company. Uh, he's the author of, of a book called Do Nothing, the most rewarding leadership challenge you'll ever take. Uh, we'll share in the description a link to that. Um, his, his, his company, Image One, is actually one of the first clients of Gino Wickman. Um, that is the founder of Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS, a way of running a, an entrepreneurial business and growing and gaining traction and, 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 and clarity. And, uh, and and he's been with them so long that he was with them and a client uh, of Geno's before it was before traction was written and before EOS was even called EOS. So this is going to be a fascinating and a great privilege. Uh, he was quoted actually in the book traction by Geno Wickman spoke uh, at this year's uh, conference for companies running on EOS. Um, as an EOS implementer, I see his name or at least his company uh, quoted in the leadership team manual that we uh, that we that we do with all of our clients. Uh, he's a member of the also the Small Giants community. You could check out smallgiants.org for more information on them, uh, which is for companies led by purpose-driven entrepreneurs who choose greatness over growth and prioritize their people. Uh, he's the host of the Do Nothing podcast, uh, where he has weekly conversations with mindful leaders. Uh, he is a longtime practitioner of meditation, and you could find out more about him and uh, you know some of his passions at uh, his website, DoNothingBook.com. Uh, in, there's some information there on, on something I hope we can cover today, which is a, a retreat for entrepreneurs um, focusing on meditation. So I hope we can cover that uh, pretty soon. And uh, with that, I give you Rob, uh, Rob Dubay. Welcome, Rob. Thank you, Ben, and thank you for such a nice introduction quite humbling well my 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 pleasure as well as humbling to have to have you on and to be able to make that introduction um so i guess i'd, I'd like to start with you you know we're gonna hopefully cover a couple of main, main topics uh today um you know which is you know what does it mean to be great rather than big and, and some of the mindfulness and meditation and, and maybe if we can get to eos too you know it depends on what we have time for uh, there's so much to you know that that I really would like to talk about together, um, and um, but with that, like, I guess if it would just help people to talk about these topics to get a little quick two-minute history of like you know where you came from, how you got to this point, you know, to to be speaking about these kinds of things. Sure. Um, in high school, my best friend Joel Perlman and I started selling blow pop lollipops out of our locker. Joel and I are still business partners today. 
So it started wow. way back then, and uh, we were sort of entrepreneurial through high school and college. Started the business after we graduated college. First eight years, seat of the pants, did not know what we were doing. Gino somehow entered into our lives. The universe brought us together. Uh, and mm -hmm. Gino Wickman, as you mentioned at the outset, he taught us right. what is now known as EOS, and it was it just changed the game for us. Um, we really started to operate the business uh, using that as a foundational tool, and we were got so clear on our core values, on our core focus, on our ten year target, our three year picture, our marketing, and uh, of course, you know, getting the traction side of things going, the, the, that annual rhythm, um, mm -hmm. and of course, the quarterlies with the rocks, and and um, it was a game changer, as I said. And we in two thousand four, we were approached by a public company in our space. They were looking for a strategic acquisition. And uh, we received higher than normal multiples. And I truly believe the reason for that was because we were operating, utilizing EOS. Um, this is uh -huh. not a commercial for EOS, by the way, but it's just the facts. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember I was in the board. It was in a, we did a board presentation. It was about uh, 30 people in the room, the entire executive team and the board of directors. And I didn't, you know, they had asked us, will you come do a, a presentation? And I said, well, what do you want us to talk about? And he said, mm -hmm. well, I don't know. Why don't you talk about like kind of how you guys are operating the business? You mentioned something about, you know, this platform you're using or, you know, so I, I did kind of like a mini presentation on EOS and mm -hmm. At the end, uh, the the president of the company who we were dealing with came over to me and he said, that went fantastic. Everybody hmm. um, was really impressed, feels really comfortable. I, I, I'm very confident this is going to move forward. And then he kind of paused and he said, you know, assuming it does, we ought to look at EOS for us, you know, at the company. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this is a gigantic wow. public company. It was really funny. Um, and so uh, and like, that and was... Are they used to hearing people who are just kind of more seat of the pants? Like what, like what were they comparing you to that, that was Yes, so they were. They were, yes. The, the other company, they had made a couple acquisitions that had gotten kind of messy. Um, and, and because it was much more run, yeah, let's use this, use the term uh, uh, by the seat of the pants. Um, and those weren't going quite as well. So they, they were very, they had a very heightened sense of not wanting that to happen again. And, and I do believe that uh, the fact that we were using EOS was uh, useful and a confidence builder for them. So um, now, as Gino says, vision without traction is hallucination. And uh, there was a great mm -hmm. vision in place that they had, that they had, but there was a good deal of executive turnover. A new CEO came in about 12 months later, uh, or, or maybe 12 and or 14 months later. And this is after, after you and, sold? Yep. After, this, after we sold, we were running the business mm -hmm. as a wholly owned subsidiary. And the new CEO that came in, um, you know, kind of taking stock of everything. Uh, we, we had a meeting with him and, and he said, you know, I'm not sure this really fits into my vision and, and what the vision we, that I'm going to set forth for the company. And a couple months later, they made an offer to us to buy it back. And, um, and we did. 
And, um, and that's around about the hmm. time we got to learn about small giants, which you mentioned in the introduction. Yeah. And uh, having been through this experience with this large company, um, we, we you know, were kind of interested in, in what that was all about and, you know, maybe a focus more on culture and the totality of our team members' lives versus, you know, just this laser focus on trying to grow, 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 grow at all costs. Mm -hmm. And uh, what we learned about the qualities of small giant companies is um, that they had a strong purpose. Uh, they had leadership that were servant leaders, um, that they, that they uh, had a culture, again, that, that really cared for the totality of their team members' lives. Um, their finances were in order, and they were very passionate about protecting their gross margins without compromising their values. Um, they had very meaningful relationships with their customers, their vendors, and any stakeholders within the business. And finally, they were very um, involved in make, were making a mark in the communities for which they served. And so mm -hmm. uh, they had deep roots in the community. And that really resonated with us. And we said, you know what, let's start on this journey and see, you know, kind of move towards trying our best to become a small giant type company. And uh, that's what we've been laser focused on ever since. Uh, do, do, does being a small giant company imply a certain size? I know it kind of sounds like it does, like meaning like you're intentionally wanting to stay a small, smaller, relatively speaking, company. But it sounds like the way you're describing that that's not necessarily the case. You know, it's 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 more about an attitude. Um, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong. What, what is there like a certain? No, size you're right on. In fact, you know. No, you're you're right on it. it. It it has nothing to do with size. In fact, you know, um, the author of the book Small Giants, uh, his name is Bo Burlingham. And sometimes, um, you know, upon reflection, uh, members of the community and Bo will will talk about the choice of words there, um, because there right. does you know imply something that means oh you're not going to get become a certain size company or whatnot, but um, that's that's not the fact. There are companies, uh, for example, there's a company out of Springfield, Missouri that's a six or $700 million company um, mm -hmm. that is a small giant uh, company listed by Forbes on the small giant list. Um, there mm -hmm. are other quite large organizations, and then there's smaller ones, you know, that maybe are in the 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 um, you know million dollar range or, or something along those lines. Point mm -hmm. is they have one they have those six qualities in common and that's what drives them forward. Well, that is, I mean, that's that's interesting. And you know, we we have an EOS also. You know, you know, maybe one or two kind of regrets about terminology that was set up at the beginning. <laughs> that was set up at the beginning, like that. The similarity between uh, integrator and implementer and the way it sounds and people <laughs> they confuse mm -hmm. those concepts sometimes but um but it's uh but it's you know what nobody nobody knows the future and you try to describe things as best you can you know but um of course yes what what about the culture aspect of of that um of uh mm -hmm. you know i guess before you started the small giants journey let's say what were you know, what was the culture like in, you know, in image one, I'm assuming that's the main focus here. Like, what was the culture like before? Mm -hmm. uh, what changed? What was done differently? What happened after? Like, you, do you mind saying something about that? 
Yeah, sure, of course. The The culture was a, a good culture. That's how I would describe it. It certainly wasn't um, one that was falling apart at the seams or anything of that nature. But um, as I uh, lear began learning and continue to learn about what really makes great cultures, um, I could see that, that we were average at best. And um, mm -hmm. I think, you know, when we got really clear about, you know, putting an extreme focus on our people and all aspects of their lives, um, that was a, a game changer. And then it's just being patient. Well, what, what could have been, if you don't, what could have been better? I'm just trying to like, just trying to paint a picture in my mind, like before, well, if at, you, you can know, uh, after, so to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, maybe things like um, being transparent. Um, for example, mm -hmm. with financials, that's something that we incorporated into our business um, mm -hmm. after we reacquired it. We, we started um, uh, open book finance and teaching people personal financial literacy and um, uh, business mm -hmm. financial literacy and, and sharing the numbers, how, giving line item ownership, empowering people to make good decisions. Um, and when we started to do that, people understood the business better. They were more engaged. They were having more fun. They started to understand their personal finances better. They started to make better decisions on that side of things. And they, they were just more engaged. And what does that translate into? Better results, you know, which is great because then what can we do? We could turn around and reinvest more money into the types of uh, benefits and programs that help our people, you know, have a better quality quality of life, the totality of their life. Right. Hey, that's, uh, that's really, I mean, that's really interesting and cool. Um, think about that culture. It's, uh, you know, and, and actually I, I could make an observation here on the air, so to speak, about, about, about the culture there. I mean, uh, people, you know, one thing I'll just tell the listeners out there is that uh, Rob actually has, you know, the uh, you know I had actually invited uh, a company that's one of my clients to sit on uh, to sit in on their weekly on, on their weekly meeting pulse and their weekly level ten meetings as part of the EOS process and we sat in on that uh, you know I, I joined as well we sat in on that meeting and in, in, in discussing with uh, in discussing with them what they kind of observed about the way your your leadership team at, at Image One meets I think one of the one of the observations that we made when we're kind of debriefing and you know thinking about the takeaway points from what you know what we learned from you guys um and the way your leadership team runs is uh is is in the sense of a culture of 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 seeing you know that you as the ceo were not like you know it didn't feel like you know we're kind of driving everybody but it felt it felt more like you were content and like kind of work, you know, that everybody had their parts of the company that they were owning and they were owning it and driving it and everybody was holding themselves and each other accountable. But it was it was a sense of maybe more relaxation or serenity and just like not of driving, but of just like everybody just like of, of trust. I guess it was built up that you know them well enough and they know you well enough that that you're you're letting them take the reins of, of whatever areas they're responsible for. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, just watching your leadership team just from afar on a, in a, you know, in a zoom conference, it was, it was, uh, that, that was one of our, one of our things that we noticed was, was just the level of trust between, you know, the, uh, you know, the leader and any other members of the leadership team. So, 
Yeah. I'm, thank you for pointing that out. And I, I appreciate that, that you got that feeling. Um, it's nice to hear that because we work hard at that and, you know, building trust and use, you know, utilizing one of, uh, uh, the tools from EOS, the five dysfunctions of a team is we do mm -hmm. an image one university on that. Um, it all starts with trust and, uh, who, you know, right. what that's kind of leader, the first one of the five, right? <laughs> that's right. Yep. And what yeah. kind of leader would, would I be if I was micromanaging these highly talented people? And so my goal is to bring in really amazing people and let them do the best work that they can do. And I'm just here simply to help them in any way that they need help. And that might be helping break down barriers that are getting in their way, coaching them in areas where they might feel that they're having some struggles and bringing external um, thought processes and uh, ideas, you know, into the organization. Uh, so we're always growing and, and evolving as leaders and as a leadership team. And so that's how I look at my role. Right. Yeah. Well, I, de I definitely appreciate that. And, and, you know, I, I think that a lot of the parts of the conversation that, that we're having now are, are kind of related to each other, but I want to get back to something we touched on earlier, which, which was the ideas of mindfulness, of meditation, and so I wonder if you can, uh, you know, I, I know that I think you told me when we spoke earlier that you had started to discover meditation and mindfulness after buying back the company. Um, but do you mind telling, you know, telling me or telling us about the meditation journey or the mindfulness journey? Like what, what, what was that? And I guess what, what do you feel it adds to your life? Yeah, sure. So um, growing up, I had a lot of circumstances that caused a lot of anxiety in my life. And I kind of, I, this is all upon reflection, I, I kind of had a default anxiousness about myself. And uh, so starting a business with my best friend and I got married kind of early and we had children early, uh, of course, and then going back to the business, you, you know, any of the entrepreneurs out there or, or you know, Anybody who's ever been in that kind of position it, it, from a startup standpoint, um, especially if you need to have an income, it, it's, it could be stressful. <laughs> so, yep. um, you know, it didn't help that I kind of already had this default mechanism in place. And mm -hmm. <clears throat> I was trying to sort it all out. Certainly doesn't I come across tell. now. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I've worked very hard at it over the years. And, you know, I tried to, I was trying very hard to sort it out. I could tell, I knew something wasn't uh, right. And I did a lot of therapy and that was very, very helpful. Um, but it wasn't really calming my anxiety. It was just helping me understand some things better. And right after we had made the acquisition um, and we were employed for the first time basically in our lives where we had jobs and, you know, people to report to outside of our team members and our customers, um, you know, I found myself to be uh, really anxious very consistently. And there was a moment uh, where I was struggling and I decided to take five minutes based off of an article I had read in Time Magazine and, and try sitting in a chair and just focusing on my breath. So I did it and I set a timer. And um, at the end of that five minutes, I really felt a lot better. And of course, my frustrations, you know, those didn't go away and neither did my problems. That isn't the idea. It's just that I felt more capable, 
to take on what was in front of me and accept whatever it was. And um, mm-hmm. I got curious about it and I started to do, I'm a fact finder, so I started to do you know, a lot of research on, on this, on meditation and what it was all about. And I was sort of to myself about it and I started to take on a practice and uh, I found it to be really, really helpful for me. Um, <clears throat> and you know, much like many of the things we've done at the business, um, nothing was an overnight success. You know, EOS wasn't mm-hmm. an overnight success. It took some time to implement it into the company and as did open book finance and some of the other things that we've done. And mm-hmm. this was similar and I knew it was going to be a journey. Um, I also had learned the benefit of going away and being in silence for some period of time. And I started by taking a one day silent retreat, uh, very nervously, I might add. Um, but I found it to be, um, a really wonderful experience. And so I decided to, uh, my next time, uh, I decided to do it a little bit longer and I took a seven day silent retreat and a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, right. A little <laughs> bit. And so one to um, seven again, days of silence. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Most people are intimidated. It was. Actually, you, know and even, and it's, you know what's more scary than silence is not what? having a phone or email. <laughs> That's right. We're, we're, well, I'll come to that in a second, but let, let okay. me uh, just finish the, the, that I found this seven day retreat to be really useful um, for me in my life. And I started to notice um, changes. And so I thought I ought to try doing this, you know, once or twice a year, I think it would be helpful for me. And I did. And I took that on as a annual rhythm. I do two a year now and seven days mm. in length. And, um, and so I, I found it to be, um, as I mentioned, very useful. Now, to what, to what you're saying, um, you know, we're so, uh, we're so connected nowadays that when we're disconnected, it feels uncomfortable. And it's kind of mm-hmm. funny because we, you know, in years past, you know, going back a ways, um, when we weren't connected, that didn't feel as, as uncomfortable. But nowadays, it's just how it is. So the idea of, of going away, uh, the idea of not being connected, never mind, as you say, the not talking, just the idea of not <clears throat> being able to you know, check in or see our emails or whatever it is that people are doing mm-hmm. um, feels intimidating. And I, I understand. I felt the same way. But you really settle in and you start to feel, and, and by the way, I'm not the only person who, who um who universally says this, you know, you, you start to settle in and you start to really appreciate and notice things in a much more vivid way. Because right now, when, when we're in our day-to-day life, um, you know, we're not noticing really the beauty around us. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to get too, you know, woo-woo on everybody, but um, it's true. <laughs> and there's beauty all around us. And, and um, we lose sight of it because, hey, I, I, I walk down the street and I'm walking by people, but I'm looking at my phone. I don't even know right. who I'm walking by or I don't even notice it. You know, I'm, I'm like literally, in fact, I saw something recently. Um, it was, a, I think it was a Netflix um, little mini documentary or something. And somebody said, your, your phone or your device, it's a whole nother world 
like you're escaped into that world and then mm-hmm. the you know outside of this world that we're actually living in so um i thought that that was kind of an interesting way to think about it so it, these retreats and a regular meditation practice uh, really helps us to kind of um, uh, become aware or wake up so to speak um, and start to notice things and slow down and that becomes really useful in business obviously in life but let's just talk about it in terms of business now um, when we get caught up in whatever you know big or small thing is is uh, you know nudging at us throughout our daily routines and our daily meetings and all that kind of stuff um, I think we start to we you know through the practice we start to uh, get a bit more perspective on things and what really matters and and how we can you know really serve each other and show up with each other um, yet still solve very difficult problems in a really healthy way right well I definitely I, I mean I hear what you're saying and it's you know it's something that you know maybe foreign to a lot of people I mean I know a lot of people you know may know about it as well and part of what you're saying about disconnecting also makes me think of uh there's a, a, a podcaster I sometimes listen to uh, named Dave Rubin who has a practice of actually disconnecting from internet and technology even though he's a podcaster YouTube whatever is all this you know speaking engagements and everything and he takes a month off where he literally does not use the internet in any form uh, for the month of August every year yeah and, it's uh, so great one of the things he t- one of the things he one of the stories he told when he got back or this year I think it was this after this past August was you know like you said you walk down the street you look at your phone you don't see people one of the things he commented on was you don't even think about the fact that when you stand in line you go to a store you get a cashier you never look at the cashier I mean you're always like checking your email doing something and yes. you know he just he just said that because he had no phone so when he was in checkout like he actually like you know said hello talk to people in the checkout lines <laughs> and it was <laughs> just even that little thing was you know just saying hey how are you? whatever just talking to people was like just completely changed the experience i mean yeah you were completely mm-hmm. disconnected from the world that you were actually living in yeah i mean you me i mean i'm definitely guilty of this um you know and uh and uh yeah but but you know look solitude being alone and you talk about silence and ways of ways of connecting to the inner self is is uh is is scary in a different way and i guess that's why people that's why people avoid it partly using all these devices to you know Mm -hmm. watching movies and shows and email and you know social media just to 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 not have to to not have to face that inner world which is it's it's true and it's a it is scary it's so true it is scary and you know one of the things that that um i notice most and and uh you and i were talking before we got started and i decided to create and host a leadership retreat called the Do Nothing Leadership Retreat, which is five days in length of which um, uh, two, two and a half days are basically in silence. And, mm-hmm. you know, some people are concerned, you know, or nervous about the silence part of it, but universally 100% of the people by the end say that the silence was actually not the difficult part. The connection, as you say, was part of it. And also um, just the idea that we're alone with our thoughts. And, you know, we have a lot of distractions nowadays that we we don't really have to 
be with our thoughts. Um, there's mm-hmm. a saying that goes, uh, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I never want to go there alone. And, <laughs> right. well, and so may, maybe on some that's... subconscious level, you know, that is why we don't want to, you know, turn it off or slow it down or, or whatnot. Yeah. And, um, but the reality is, is, you know, again, a hundred percent people that come on this retreat, they and other retreats, by the way, not just the one that I host, um, you know, they do start to see the world much more vividly in many ways. And they do start to um, recognize some of the thoughts that they've been having and how those thoughts may have been affecting the people around them or just their their own uh, health and well-being and and success or lack of it. And, um, and so it's, it's something that I felt so strongly about that I thought, you know, I ought to put that out there. And, you know, for those that have a curiosity about it, you know, at least there's an outlet for them to come with like-minded people and uh, experience it and see if it's something that, that is, becomes useful for them in their lives because it really has been so useful in mine. Right. Well, and I know this this retreat's coming up in April of uh, 2020. Uh, you know, coming up soon. Is that yep. is that is that for people also, or do people go who are not experienced meditators? You know, people who are just want to experiment. I mean, they want to learn yes. or try something new. Are there people like that who are? Who yes, go? there are. Yeah, there are uh-huh. many people. I'd say about half do not. Uh, have a meditation practice or have barely meditated at all. Um, and so we, the, the whole uh, retreat is designed to uh, teach and reinforce a simple practice and because that's all this is. It's practicing for what I like to call the big game. And the big game is uh, every day when, we're, when we wake up, and we embark on whatever we have in front of us. And the practice, I like to relate it, say, from a sports standpoint, say Mm -hmm. there's a basketball player, and the best basketball player, you know, seems to be the one who's in the gym the latest and shooting that same shot over and over again. And then when the big game comes along, barely has to think about the shot because that person has tried it or has shot it so many times in practice. Mm -hmm. Similarly with the meditation practice, you are able to hone in, come to the present moment, be highly aware. And the big game is when you're in line at the market, like you just said, or when your team member comes in and has a big, you know, customer issue and you start to feel your blood pressure rise and Mm -hmm. you're able to, you know, stop between that moment of stimulus and response and really, um, you know, take stock and then, you know, move forward in a really healthy way. Well, all right. Yeah, I I hear that. And, you know, and look for people who, you know, want to, you know, think about this retreat or learn about, you know, the, uh, the do nothing and the meditation practice, especially as, as applied to, you know, business leaders, entrepreneurs, um, that's again, do nothing book.com. You could, you know, see more about that. And um, look, I, th- I think that it was I think that it was a great value for people to, you know, to connect to the idea of, you know, of, of small giants of focusing not necessarily on being small, but on culture and developing your people. And, um, you know, again, smallgiants.org, people can learn about that uh, practice if people want to focus on uh, learn about that or potentially join that community. And of course, uh, EOS, one of the earliest EOS, you know, companies, and, and just see the value that that 
that that that that holds and you know so much so that you know when looking at an acquisition it just you know the the value of, of running your company that way just stood out to people on the outside who weren't you know previously exposed to it obviously very you know powerful and a testimonial there and uh, just really appreciate everything that you shared today you know both on the, on the personal and business level what people can can gain and you know just really appreciate it thank you for Thank you for joining today. Well, I am so grateful to you, Ben, for everything that you're doing and for inviting me here. Um, I just really appreciate your time and and uh, all the best with the podcast and everything that you're doing. It's really fantastic. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see everybody else on the other side. Thank you. You're listening to Win Win, an entrepreneurial community with your host, Ben Wolf. Ben Wolf.